Hello and welcome to the podcast Where Did the Rabbit Go? A podcast where every week we look at a certain claim that has been made on social media, in the news, or something picked up in a casual conversation and go down the rabbit hole together. I'm your host Marco and this is show number 21 for Friday, June 26, 2020. This is the final fifth special episode in the light of the upcoming final season of Dark. We have learned this week about the physics of time traveling, then about the paradoxes that time traveling causes as they are presented in the Dark series. After that, we looked at the family trees of the series, and yesterday I presented my predictions for the final season. What's left? Today we are going to examine the 33-year cycle that is so important in the series. Hop along, rabbits. This is our final journey into the Dark World. In Dark, the number 33 has a very special significance. The portals that open for our time travelers do not let them travel to any arbitrary time periods. They can only go 33 years into the future or 33 years into the past. This is revealed in Season 1. The portal originally is opened in the year 1986 and it provides paths into the years 1953 and 2019. Then in Season 2, we are taken 33 additional years to the past into the 1920s and 33 years into the future to the year 2052. One of my predictions for season 3 is another expansion to the years 1888 and 2086. The story also gives us the idea that every 33 years everything repeats in Winden. In 2019 when Mikkel disappears Charlotte and Ulrich both get reminded of the disappearance of Ulrich's brother Mats in 1986. And 33 years prior to that, the young Helge Doppler had disappeared, but eventually returned. There are other elements that repeat in these three years, each 33 years apart. There is the element of a Nielsen family member cheating on their spouse. In 2019, Ulrich Nielsen has an affair with Hannah Kahnwald. In 1986, it's Tronte Nielsen who cheats on his wife with Regina Tiedemann. And in 1953, it's Agnes Nielsen who starts a relationship with Doris Tiedemann. Also, in all three occasions, we see Hannah Kahnwald trying to destroy Ulrich Nielsen. In 2019, she asks Alexander Tiedemann, who she's blackmailing, to destroy Ulrich. In 1986, as a child, she accused Ulrich falsely for raping Katharina and he spent a few days in jail. And in 1953, the adult time-traveling Hannah Kahnwald finds Ulrich in jail, where he was accused of child murder, and she abandons him there. So, where does this idea of exactly 33 years come from? H.G. Tannhaus gives us the answer, as he has a long conversation with adult Jonas Kahnwald in his clock shop. He refers to what is called the solar-lunar cycle, and that's a real thing. Here it goes. We know that Earth orbits the Sun in 365 days and a quarter. That's what we call a year. The Moon orbits the Earth in roughly a month. To be precise, one lunar orbit around the Earth takes about 29 days and a half. So 12 lunar months are 354 days, 
which is 11 days short of the 365 days of the year. So we cannot fit 12 or 13 lunar months exactly into one year. Each year, the relative positions of the three bodies, Sun, Earth, and Moon, are different. But they return to the same configuration after 33 years. If a lunar year had 12 lunar months, then 33 years would contain 34 lunar years. And the constellation of the three bodies goes back to normal. The solar lunar cycle really exists. And I guess this is what Tannhaus means when he explains that all the bodies return to their original positions. He cannot have referred to all celestial bodies, to all the planets in the solar system. The orbits are too big and take too much time. And even if he'd only talk about the planets known by ancient civilizations up to Saturn, they don't fit in this 33-year cycle. For example, Saturn completes one orbit in 29 years. So he must have meant only the three bodies, Sun, Earth and Moon, because he actually referred to the name Solar Lunar Cycle. But what effect could this really have? Let's say the bodies line up in a way that uh, Sun and Moon are on the same side or opposite sides of Earth. Well, this happens all the time. It doesn't take 33 years for this to happen. It just needs 33 years for it to happen on the same day in the calendar again. It happens once every lunar orbit, which means once every 29.5 days. When the Sun and the Moon are on the same or on opposite sides of our planet, then their gravitational pulls add up, which has an effect on the tidal forces. These tides, where Sun and Moon combine their forces, are called spring tides, and they are the strongest type of tides. And when the Sun and the Moon are at a 90 degree angle as seen from Earth, then their forces work against each other. This is called neap tide, and it's the weakest form of tides. By the way, the moon has a stronger effect on our tides than the sun. The sun is only about one-third of the moon's effect. Okay, I'm making a little parenthesis here. What happens during the tides? This is when the ocean water moves towards and away from the coastline, twice per day. At some times of the day, we have higher water levels, and at other times, lower water levels. And in places like the North Sea of Germany and the Netherlands, where the shoreline is rather flat, the water can even completely retreat during the low tides, and you can walk over the ocean ground and even take a trip walking to some of the Frisian islands. It's beautiful and highly recommended. So during a neap tide, the difference between high and low tides is less extreme. And during the spring tides, it's at the most extreme. The highest water levels possible would be during the high tide of a spring tide, when the three bodies, Earth, Sun and Moon, are lining up. The lineup of the three bodies has another effect that you all know, it's in how we see the Moon. When we get a lineup Sun, Moon, Earth, with the Moon being right at the line that connects Sun and Earth, we have a new Moon. We can only see the Moon's night side. And when the Moon is on the other side of Earth and then line up Sun, Earth, Moon, we have a full moon and only see its day side. At the two points where there is a 90 degree angle between the bodies, with the Earth in the angle, we see half of the moonlit, which would be the waning crescents and the waxing crescents. 
These phases of the moon are marked in pretty much all the calendars that you can buy, and they repeat every 29.5 days, which is the lunar month. Okay, some of you may already have connected the dots between the tides and the phases of the moon. We get a high tide and a low tide twice every day, but the spring tides always occur with a full moon and a new moon, while the neap tides always occur with the waning and waxing crescent. There are some claims about the full moon having special powers, but they don't really withstand any scientific testing. The tidal forces may have a significant effect on the levels of the ocean water, but they do not affect human beings. People claim that there are many more babies born during a full moon, but there is no data to actually support this claim. And the same goes for car accidents, for example. So I won't go more into this pseudoscience here, maybe on another episode. We can agree that most of these things, accidents, babies, occur within 14 days before and after a full moon, okay? Let's go back to the solar lunar cycle. Every 33 years, one cycle is complete, which means that a full moon with its springtide would occur on the same date again as the 33 years prior. Does it? Let's see. Our next full moon is going to happen on July 5th in 2020. And actually, there's going to be a lunar eclipse with it. Looking back at the calendar of the year 1987, was there a full moon on July 5th? No. So it doesn't even occur on the exact same date. It's a little bit off. The full moon that year was on July 11th. That's six days off, but you'd actually get a lot closer when you don't take the leap years into account. Well, of course, it's all science fiction, and the emphasis here is on the word fiction. This happens a lot in fictional writing that some explanation is given, but it's not perfect. It has its flaws. Probably this 33-year cycle was chosen because this series is full of symbology and the number 33 is recurring. In the year 1986, there were exactly 33 sheep that all dropped dead as a consequence of somebody traveling in time in the caves. And again, H.G. Tanos explains as he mentions the significance of the number to adult Jonas that Jesus performed 33 miracles. There are 33 litanies of the angels and Dante's 33 cantos in purgatory and 33 in paradise. And Jonas adds that 33 is the age that the Antichrist begins to rule. And 33 was the age that Jesus had when he was crucified. As you see, there's a lot of Christian symbology in this series. So the 33 solar lunar cycle might not be perfect for an explanation here. And it doesn't really have any natural implications for us on Earth. But the whole Dark series is science fiction and has supernatural elements. So for the narrative, they took this cycle as an explanation for the repetitive nature in this series every 33 years. And why time traveling is only possible within these time windows. And of course, this is where we as good skeptics also need to be willing to let go. The explanations might not be scientifically accurate, but that has never been the purpose here. Dark is very good science fiction story that fans can enjoy. The strength is in the complex plot and the character relationships. You can tell because the series doesn't use many fancy special effects, only very few which are well placed and well done. 
The premise of Dark has never been to be scientifically perfect. If you're looking to watch something which had the best science advisors, then you probably should go for movies like Interstellar or The Martian. And still, even in these movies, there are certain sacrifices that had to be made in favor of the narrative. Anyway, my dear rabbits, this is it about the 33-year cycle. It's all about lunar phases and tides. And this brings us to the end of my five-day special for the Dark series. Who would have thought? I first had planned to make just one or maybe two extra episodes, and it turned out to be an entire special week with five episodes. Tomorrow is the day. It has finally come. So now it's time to binge watch. I will go back to my regular weekly rhythm and drop the next episode on next Thursday. You can find my podcast on Instagram at Where Did The Rabbit Go? And if you like the show and you want to support me, there are very easy and painless ways to do so. You can rate and review the show whether you are listening on Spotify or on iTunes. That would make it easier for other people to find the podcast as well. And please subscribe to the show so you get it into your podcast feed automatically every time there's a new episode. Communicate with me using the hashtag Where Did The Rabbit Go on Instagram or Twitter. Until next Thursday, I'm Marco and this has been Where Did The Rabbit Go. Where Did The Rabbit Go?